Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground, alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know? Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man means you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens! Coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. Having finished high school and was going to be a teacher, so I went to Alabama State College. It was then Alabama State College for Negroes, the historical black school in Montgomery. And I lived on the west side. The school was on the east side. I worked for the newspaper downtown. We didn't have automobiles in those days. We used public transportation system. And as I used the public transportation from as little uh, system, as little as twice a day to as much as eight times a day, I realized how unfairly our people were being treated and how we had to sometimes pay our money in the front, go to the back to get in the bus, and then if white persons came on, we had to get up and give our seats. And one person was even killed as a result of an altercation that occurred on the bus. I also realized then uh, that, that everything in Montgomery was completely segregated. And I made a secret commitment. And that commitment was very simple. At that time, if a person of color even had a cause of action against a white person, I don't care how meritorious it was, you would have very little chance of even getting a lawyer to handle your case. So I decided that I was going to finish college, go to somebody's law school, and in those days, all of the southern states had a procedure set up where if the course was offered at the white university and not offered at the black college in the state, they would pay a portion of your tuition room and board to go anywhere you could get admitted just since you didn't go to that University of Alabama or Auburn in those days. So I decided I was going to go to law school, 
finish law school, pass the bar exam, come back to Alabama, and destroy everything segregated I could find. Finish law school, pass the bar exam, come back to Alabama, and destroy everything segregated I could find. It's open mic Saturday night at Our Common Ground. Having finished high school and was going to be a teacher, so I went to Alabama State College. It was then Alabama State College for Negroes, the historical black school in Montgomery. And I lived on the west side. The school was on the east side. I worked for the newspaper downtown. We didn't have automobiles in those days. We used public transportation system. And as I used the public transportation from as little uh, system as little as twice a day to as much as eight times a day, I realized how unfairly our people were being treated and how we had to sometimes pay our money in the front, go to the back to get in the bus, and then if white persons came on, we had to get up and give our seats. And one person was even killed as a result of an altercation that occurred on the bus. I also realized then uh, that, that everything in Montgomery was completely segregated. And I made a secret commitment. And that commitment was very simple. At that time, if a person of color even had a cause of action against a white person, I don't care how meritorious it was, you would have very little chance of even getting a lawyer to handle your case. So I decided that I was going to finish college, go to somebody's law school, and in those days, all of the southern states had a procedure set up where if the course was offered at the white university and not offered at the black college in the state, they would pay a portion of your tuition room and board to go anywhere you could get admitted just since you didn't go to that University of Alabama or Auburn in those days. So I decided I was going to go to law school, finish law school, pass the bar exam, come back to Alabama, and destroy everything segregated I could find. Finish law school, pass the bar exam, come back to Alabama, and destroy everything segregated I could find. It's open mic Saturday night at our common ground.
And good evening, and thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, your host, and tonight is Open Mic Saturday Night. It's all about what's on your mind. But we are going to focus on a couple of things. We're going to talk about and visit the issues of theater number six in a movie complex in Aurora, Colorado. And we're going to take a look at Justice for Trayvon, the new George Zimmerman show. Uh, Co-host, Sean Hannity. A quote, unquote, media analyst. But the real story is, and we'll let you fill that in, and then we're going to move on to this whole this whole notion of post-racial stuff. And I want to know, compared to what? Just compared to what? How are you? I hope you are um, enjoying your summer. Um, it's coming to a close real fast. You'd better take care to make sure that you enjoy it. I know it's been very, very hot. Um and if you want to call in to us tonight to tell us about how your summer is going, the number is 347-838-9852. But you won't escape some of the things that people are talking about all over the country. Up here in the east, or as I like to call it, the northern plantation, we have had beautiful hot weather that we are enjoying uh, very nice uh, summer evenings and very nice summer mornings. We hope that you are well. We're sending out all of our love and uh, big hugs and more hugs and much love to our sister Martessa. We hope that she is listening tonight and we are just doing the happy dance. Can we do the happy dance? Everybody, okay, everybody, on your feet. Do the happy dance for Sister Marpessa. She is still hospitalized but is expected to go home on Monday. She's one of our loyal listeners. She is my sister warrior in the struggle. And uh, we are just so happy to get reports that she is coming along. Hey, anybody heard from um, Sarah? My goodness, we haven't heard. Sarah, I hope you're out there. I hope you're just listening and you've decided to take a hiatus from calling because we're not hearing you anywhere. But we do have Alpho and uh, Sister Wife Michelle and O. Henry in the ATL in our chat room. And if you'd like to join them, you can do so by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. If you are not registered at Blog Talk Radio, you can come into the chat room, but you won't be able to participate in the discussion. You'll be able to see it. Um, But if you grab yourself a username and say you don't want to be a host, you can come right into the chat room, blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And we are looking to hear from you. It's open mic 
Saturday night at Our Common Ground. And the number, if you want to write it down, 347-838-9852. And one of the things we ask you to do is to email your friends. Uh, Send them a text message. Send them an IM on Facebook and let them know that we are on the air and we are listening for them. I'm Janice Graham, and I'm so happy uh, to have all of you with us tonight. You know, sometimes we can get pretty heavy, most of the time. Okay, all of the time. Okay, I agree, all of the time. We're pretty heavy here. But on Saturday night open mic, one of the things that we hope that you will do is take a look at some of the serious issues. And I know that some of us, because of our experiences, our vast differences and diverse experiences, have a different spin. So we're going to get started, and we hope you wrote wrote down our number. And we're going to first go into this um, very tragic, tragic story. Uh, that occurred on Thursday in Aurora, Colorado. We had tried to get a hold of um, Roger Mizell, but he is on vacation. He's a journalist in Denver, and he has been covering for more than 25 years the Denver area. He is a veteran of SNCC, along with his wife, um, and... Um, they are very, very active um, in their community out there in Denver, and we'd hope that they would give us a a, a ring tonight to, to give us some flavor. But one of the things that I understand about Aurora, Colorado, is that it is um, a very diverse community, and it is part of the migration flow. It is part of the migration flow uh, as a result of the gentrification in Denver. But there are a number of questions I, I'm sure, and a number of issues I'm sure all of you have. And this is talk radio. I do some talk, and then you call me, and you talk to everybody. See, when you call me, you're not talking just to me. You're talking to everybody. This is the community town hall meeting of the week at our common ground. The number is 347-838-9852. Let's get a summary on what has occurred coming out of theater number six. And one of the reasons I say theater number six, and it was really interesting what uh, theater that was chosen by this very tragic and violent man is that this theater complex has nine theaters and the event took place in theater six. His criminal record, nothing more than a speeding ticket. He was a PhD candidate with a mother who has experience as a mental health professional. So much of the Aurora shooting suspect's profile doesn't seem to fit the destruction he unleashed in that theater. And ABC's Brian Ross now has the latest on James Holmes. When the mother of James Holmes was reached at her San Diego home today and first told what had happened overnight, she expressed little surprise. You have the right person, she told ABC News. 
I need to call the police. Authorities said today the planning for the theater attack began at least two months ago when Holmes purchased the first two guns of his arsenal at Denver area stores, passing the required background checks. In the last 60 days, he purchased four guns at local metro gun shops, and through the Internet, he purchased over 6,000 rounds of ammunition. It was over the last few months that Holmes, who was Phi Beta Kappa in college, saw his academic and career dreams collapse as he withdrew from a Ph.D. program in neuroscience at the University of Colorado's Denver campus. I think the motive is that his life has continued to collapse for, I bet, a number of months or maybe even a few years. And as his issues with perhaps delusion, paranoia, got greater, he just couldn't deal with what was going on around him. Holmes grew up in a prosperous San Diego community called Rancho Penasquitos. This was Holmes just six years ago, called Jimmy, a clean-cut 5'11 high school senior, a member of the junior varsity soccer team at Westview High School. That's where it made me think about the times that he was like picked on in class. He was just that person who always was smirking. One former classmate remembered Holmes as the class bully, but others in his neighborhood said he was just a classic loner. He was just quiet. He was just quiet. Unable to find a job, Holmes moved to Colorado last fall and appeared to be nothing more than a quiet and easygoing graduate student. But it was a different Jim Holmes who showed up at this San Diego pawn shop, where the owner says Holmes sought tips on firing the guns he had planned to use. We carry all of those firearms in stock. Very specifically, remember James Holmes' face. Last night, neighbors at his Aurora apartment building said they heard loud techno music coming from his apartment, with the recorded sounds of gunshots added in. Holmes was already at the theater at the time. What's odd is what, what really brought up the red flags for us is the apartment complex is very quiet. There's no noise, nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, yesterday night or midnight this morning, music starts up out of nowhere. That was kind of odd because no one throws parties in that apartment. And then Holmes apparently attempted to make himself into the Joker character of the Batman series, according to a briefing given to the New York City Police Commissioner Raymond Kelly. He had his hair uh, painted uh, red. He said he was uh, the Joker. He's a guy that has so left reality that he now is in this, this make-believe world that he's part of the Batman world and that he's going to go in and play this character, and through that character, he's going to kill people. Police say Holmes told them he was extremely calm throughout the evening because he had taken the powerful painkiller Vicodin about two hours before the attack. His final step, police say, was to booby-trap his apartment, which they say was so full of chemicals and incendiary devices that it may be days before the bomb squad can figure out how to defuse them. I see an awful lot of wires, trip wires... Jars full of ammunition, jars full of liquid, some things, things that look like mortar rounds. We have a lot of challenges to get in there safely. As with all mass shootings, victims and their families are left wondering why. Experts say in such cases, parents often know, without specifics, that something is wrong. In so many of these shootings that have happened before, we've seen that they are carried out by people who are really at a point of desperation, who felt they may have had no other options left. Today, his father, Robert, a software engineer, left the family home in San Diego under police protection to fly to Colorado to see his son. Police say they are certain Holmes acted alone, but there remains concern tonight there could be so-called copycats 
others who would try to do the same thing at other movie theaters, Bill. So what sort of steps are they taking? Well, in Aurora, for instance, the police chief says he's been contacted by chiefs all across the country, and he's told them what he's doing, putting extra-duty officers at those theaters that are showing Batman for the foreseeable future. Right. Oh, we also understand AMC, they, don't want, uh, they want to discourage costumes, fans coming, and some are even being searched, I understand. Yes, across the country there are concerns that there could be something else from the copycat, someone trying to capitalize on the same publicity that, that Mr. Holmes has received. We heard from one theater goer in Times Square tonight. He said he, he went to see it and, and looked for the exits. It changes the way people are thinking about Indeed. movies tonight. Brian Ross, thank you so much. And that was a report from uh, ABC, and um, one of the things that we're not seeing a lot of that you might be interested in are the names of the vi victims uh, who were the tragic, tragic uh, victims of this theater rampage. I, I, I know that we look at this and we say that it was the worst mass shooting in U.S. history. But we can't really leave it there. Every time one of these incidents happen, we walk away saying that. We, we, we lose sight of people like Michaela Madik, who was 23 years old. We lose sight of Jessica Cowie who was a rising sportscaster and enthusiastic blogger um, who lost her life, of Navy Petty Officer John Larimer, who was 27 years old, and he attended this theater with four other sailors from the U.S. Fleet, Cyber Command, U.S. 10th Fleet, at Buckley Air Force Base. Or Rebecca Wingo, who was a mother of two and a community college of Aurora student pursuing an associate degree in arts. Or Veronica Moser Sullivan, who has been hospitalized in critical conditions, condition with bullets in her abdomen and her throat or 17-year-old Alexander Bowick, who was at the movies with his girlfriend. And what we will do is we will continue to have knee-jerk reactions. But what we will not understand, that this has to do with the culture of violence in our country. It has to, it is a direct line to the culture of greed in our country. It is a direct dotted line to the culture of corrupt politics in our country. It is a direct complement to the kind of cowardly, political, social, and community leadership under which we abide. I'm Janice Graham, and our number is 347-838-9852. The matter of the fact is that this was what might be phrased as soft terrorism. 
domestic terrorism, where as a country we have no commitment to addressing the real problem of violence of all kinds in our in our country and the and and the the real question is with the armament that this particular terrorist had been able to purchase under law Somebody tell me, I want anybody to tell me, to call and tell me to try to challenge the, the question, the, the core of the question is why should any American citizen who is not in military service have access to automatic weapons? That's the core of the question. The other is, as we have the public discourse on violence, we have to look at the full dimension of violence in our society. This is just only one type. Because between the events that happened in Aurora, California, uh, Colorado on Thursday, and last Christmas Day, many more people than the 14 victims, the, the 12 who died, 14 who died in this incident, and the 57 who were injured, died and were injured because of guns on the street. Guns on the street are on the street for two reasons. One is greed, and two is law. I'm Janice Graham, and you're listening to Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. Well, this massacre has put the issue of safety at so-called soft terror targets like movie theaters back in the spotlight. If you head to theaters this weekend, you are likely to see a conspicuous police presence. ABC's John Trippin has been talking to moviegoers here in New York City. Good morning, John. Beyond a good morning, industry watchers predict this movie will do very well at the box office, playing in more than 4,400 theaters just like this one around the country. It is, with, the, with the action in this movie, it is expected to send moviegoers movie to the edge of their seats, but after the shooting in Colorado, many people we talked to are now left on edge. It's a scene playing out in major cities across the country. Police departments in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles are among the many cities nationwide that are ramping up security efforts at movie theaters in response to Friday's shooting. We're doing that to address the potential of uh, a copycat uh, event. Movie theaters themselves are also taking action. AMC Theater says they're no longer allowing people to go in costume. And yet, even with the increased security, some anxious Batman fans say fear still lingers in the back of their minds. When we first arrived, I was like, hey, maybe we should sit closer to the exit. I'm afraid for these kids when they get older. I got a funny feeling that 
when they're young adults, you'd probably have to go through a metal detector to go to a movie or a shopping center. Overall, there's been no significant dip in attendance reported around the country. With the increase in police presence, use of barricades, and critical response vehicles, some people say they can breathe a sigh of relief. They have enhanced um, NYPD security around. I've already seen some trucks go by and police officers around. At this theater in New York, screenings were sold out. I'm not the kind of person to let fear control me, so that's true. I yeah. don't either. And in response to the shooting, Warner Brothers decided to cancel the movie's premiere in Paris, as well as cut off interviews for Christian Bale and Hathaway Morgan Freeman, the stars of this movie, out of respect to the victim's family. Stan, Bianca. All right, John, thank you. It was interesting that uh, at the time of this uh, terrible, terrible tragedy, that the filmmakers and the producers and the distributors made a public statement that the movie would not be pulled. But in France, it's being pulled. And I'm sure that there were so many people who woke up on, on, um, on Friday morning and murmured the words, I'm sure that some of you did, not again. I'm sure that was the cry of many Americans when they turned on their morning news on Friday. Um, uh, this young man, a former student, 24 years old, he was arrest arrested shortly after the incident, for, for those of you who might not be uh, aware. But for many Americans, the right to bear arms is regarded as an essential freedom protected by the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our political leadership has been very reluctant even to call for tougher gun control laws. But in a country where nearly 9,000 people were murdered with guns in 2010, my question tonight is, is that about to change? Now, Alan Gottlieb, uh, who is the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, released a statement, and part of his statement was about this incident. A gun doesn't have the brain to hate with or a finger to pull the trigger, so the problem isn't the gun. Does the U.S. need tougher gun control laws? Let me hear from you. The number is 347-838-9852. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if people understand the full complement of this story. Here, here's some here, here's some here's some facts about guns in the U.S. A lone gunman killed six schoolgirls in Pennsylvania. Amish in 2006. That's history. That's our history. 32 people were killed by a student at Virginia Tech University in 2007. Ten people were killed in 2002 by the Beltway Sniper attacks. Thirteen people were killed in the Columbine High School shooting in April 1999. In 2010, that amounted to 8,775 out of nearly 13,000 murders. So 
uh, two-thirds of all murders in the U.S. are committed with firearms. Now, let me give you a contrast. Serbia, which is second on the list of countries uh, with gun, gun, gun ownership per capita, has 58 guns per 100 people. In the U.S., it's 88 guns per 100 residents in the U.S., and that doesn't even begin to count the number of people who have unregistered guns. Now, here's the greed part. Here's the part that's so tough, because we have political leadership, elected officials who are so dependent upon certain industries to feed their coffers that we live by some principle and some and policies which are garnered based on those coffers. The US gun industry is estimated to be worth more than sixty billion dollars a year. We were outraged in 2011 when Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords was wounded. And in that incident, that gunman shot and killed six people. But we've done nothing about it. The Second Amendment of the U.S. Bill of Rights protects the right to bear arms. And we have politicians, people who make elected officials, who make policy in this country, who are soft-talking this issue. 347-838-9852 is our number. It's at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we want to hear from you. Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world? Diversity and opportunity. Lewis? Uh, freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way. Well, why is America Not the greatest the great country in the world, Professor. That's my answer. You're saying... Yes. Let's talk about... Fine. Let's Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of her paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it any time he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey. And with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world 
in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? I believe in sex. I believe in love. I believe in taking responsibility. I believe in using condoms. Yo confío en mi comunidad. I believe in being honest and open. I believe in keeping my partner safe. I believe in myself. I believe in stopping HIV. I believe in the future. HIV stops with me. 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 God is not going to put it in your lap. There's no need of running and no need of saying, Honey, I'm not going to get in the mess. Because if you are born in America with a black face, you are born in the mess. Truth, 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 justice, justice, liberty, never resistance. Truth, truth, justice, just liberty, never resistance. It's the truth. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Grant, and I'll be listening for you. than they do liberals with their chicken entries. So at some point in time, you have to step back and you have to say, where's the job? What job bills have they introduced? The only thing Republicans have introduced is spending cuts that will cost 700,000 jobs. They are clearly trying to shut down our uh, economic growth and our recovery. You've got governors all over the country turning down jobs for speed rail. Now, regardless of how you feel about the speed rail, you mean the French can do it, Japan can do it, the Chinese can do it, Europe, they can do it over there, but we can't do it here? You know, where is this exceptionalism coming from when we are so uh, mired in ignorance and mired in in, in, in just, just total... Obstruction. Listening to the best pushback politics. 
The Alpha Show. And for those of you who are listening on your smart devices and your computers, you can come right on into our chat room. I want to tell you what the roll call is in the chat room. The Don is with us tonight and HML. India Declare of I Declare, which airs Monday through Friday, 11 to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. It's real raw and right now we've got... Uh, Michelle and O'Henry from the ATL, Alpho, who is the host of the Alpho Show at TruthWorks Network. And we do want to remind you that we have a new program coming online at TruthWorks Network on August 1st, which is Wednesday, 
Soul of Fire with Dr. Matthew Johnson, and we hope that you will join us at TruthWorks each Wednesday night with Soul of Fire. I think you will enjoy it. Our number is 347-838-9852, and we've been talking about what has happened in Aurora, and one of the things that I think that we cannot forget. We cannot forget um, those who lost their lives. Can you imagine just what it might be like to have your child or your husband or your sister or your kids say um, they're going out to a movie and they never come back? Or they're going out to a movie and you get a call because they're critically injured and being taken to a hospital or in the hospital. That's some weird, crazy stuff. And we are not getting safer in this country. And we need to take a look at what are the impediments to fixing this problem. Do we need in this country, as we mourn the victims of another seemingly indiscriminate shooting spree, do we need to look at tougher gun control laws? Congress has talked about it each session, Um, There has been action. But, you know, the bottom line is, and let's speak truth to power, is that every one of our legislators at the federal level is somehow, somehow, but afraid of the NRA. Why is that? You've got the Police Foundation... Um, the National Law Enforcement Partnership. You've got the Second Amendment Foundation who argues the rights of Americans to bear arms. But automatic arms? There's something wrong with that. What American citizen who lives next door you know, and, and, and I also want to talk about the whole notion of who John Holmes is. But your next-door neighbor has a cache of automatic arms. He doesn't go deer, shot, uh, deer hunting. Um, this is outlandish to think about that something is which is so common sense it wouldn't with if the r if the nra went away tomorrow the democrats would act but who is going to i mean where can you go now that it is safe now you understand that there are people who are totally deranged. And here was a a young man, 
24 years old, by all accounts, an outstandingly smart young man. And 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 the other the other perspective you gotta gotta spin in your brain on this. This happened not far from Columbine High School, where thirteen people were shot dead by two students in 1999 with the same kind of arms. People were watching a midnight showing of a Batman music. And there was some discussion, even in my neck of the woods, whether or not to attend the the midnight premiere as a special kind of thing um, of this movie. And you see, we we support the, we support all of this stuff, and and. Um, you know, and then the producers came out and said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we're not gonna stop anything because this really wasn't about our our movie, even before they knew that it was." We're gonna go to our phones four one seven. You're on the air at our common ground. How you doing this evening, Janice? I'm fine, I, thank you, sir. I just I had to call in on this because you know it's 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 pretty bad, sad story. What uh, the event that happened in Colorado was just you know unbelievable. But my point—it is on very this is, believable. Yeah, it, it is, and it, it's—you <laughs> know—it's something we're we're going to keep seeing it happen. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. sorry to say, uh, you know, you mentioned the Columbine shooting stuff like that in 1999. Well, you know, it's when it all comes down to the bare fact, it's called pressure, pressure, social pressure. People don't know how to control their own thought anymore because they're in a disillusional world. They're 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 just disillusioned of things that are not real no more. You know, reality is not their concept of life. They can't sort that out no more. Uh-huh. You mean people I, are living in a different dimension, in absolutely. a parallel dimension of reality. Right. Yes, ma'am, correct. Absolutely. They, they, they play <laughs> cyber games and uh, Xbox games. And, right, right. And watch these movies and think they're invincible. Right. And Do you think that's what happened with this with this John Holmes I, man? Well, not necessarily just that. That was part of it. That was part of the catalyst of it. Um, but when I mention pressure, what that is, what I mean about the pressure part of that, like those kids in Taliban and all the other school shootings we had and stuff like that, you know, they were always picked on by the bullies and stuff like that. They got fed up with it. They were under pressure, so they reacted. But the reason okay. they reacted mm-hmm. that way is because of the digital brainwashing. You know, I call it digital brainwashing. Video games, you know, I mean, I have nothing against them really, but the simple fact is it, this never really we never heard of this before this before the digital uh-huh. game you, came out it it you know? feeds into it feeds into uh a, people's disconnect right right absolutely and then you know now we got this country it's in we're in trouble I mean, there's no doubt about it we're economically in trouble uh you know uh what's his name the chair of the fed um uh, you know he even said g d p two percent Bernanke, uh-huh. yeah, Benny, uh-huh. Benny Bernanke, GDP two percent. People, what is GDP? You know, a lot of people ask me, say, what is a GDP? What does that mean? You know, I said, well, you know, gross domestic product. That's how it's processed. You know, it comes from the beginning of it to the end consumer, and it, you know, people don't understand. People 
with the price of fuel going up again, it's just jacked again. Uh, I'm in Missouri, and we've just seen gasoline and diesel fuel jump up about 16, 20 cents in two days that quick, which, you know, you get kind of used to that once they puff it up so much. But the problem is people now, where you're seeing where people are, you know, killing their whole families off. I mean, a guy goes in there, shoots his wife and his kids and all that. You see that, too. Is It's under this money pressure. Because, if you know, when the fuel price goes, costs you more to go to work and you're not, your income is not coming up any at all to help, help you know, ease that pain at that pump, is then you go to the grocery store. That The cost of food is more expensive. Everything's more expensive. But we have the, the country, the leaders of this country, I have nothing against no one personally whatsoever, but they have thinned it out. They kept adding cups of water to the soup, and that's what I mean by printing money. And they keep printing this money, and they keep thinning the soup out. So eventually, this is all going to explode on them. It's going, you know, it's going to come to zero. I mean, we're we were the reserve for the world. But when in 1971, when Nixon cut off the gold standard to money, that's when it started. That's when it got rough. But see, it's all in corporate interest. You know, just, there's no care well, for the people. Well, you, when you're ta- you're talking about, I am talking. We're talking about the guns, ma- gun manufacturers in this country, gross. Mm-hmm. $60 exactly. billion dollars a year. Right, but they're just a part of it. See what I'm saying, Janice? It's, they're just a part of it. I mean, they're part of the problems. They are part of this big ball of problem we have. You know, all these pieces And then you together. have, but, but you know, it's you gotta you got to follow the, the, the dots and always mm-hmm. follow the money. As long as Absolutely. those manufacturers can, ha- can hire lobbyists to right. keep a trap door right. on your Congress, this problem is not going to be fixed. Right. I mean, myself personally, lobbyists should be outlawed. Get rid of them. You know, I mean, what, you know, we the people, you know, we are the people. And, you know, it's just, it's insane. It's how, how things have been. You know, like another example, when I'm talking about pressure, was, you know, kids being put on these different type of drugs because they're ADHD, attention to deficit art. Excuse me. Um, you know, and they're, they're coming back and saying, well, this drug could make the child want to commit suicide or have, you know, threatening thoughts or what have you. So, but see, it all it goes in your environment. You know, that's what it is. The, the well, video it, games, all, it, it all feeds into what has become <laughs> you and I and everyone that's listening to this program have become desensitized mm-hmm. to both the violence and the presence of guns as part of our culture. And that feeds in to a culture of, of, of violence. But let's not, right. let's not slide over the notion that right. we have a society that supports the notion that firepower is power. Right. It's a dominating weapon. Right. It's a control weapon. That's what a gun is, you know. When you um, when you don't you know you, you take our you take our children in in um in most urban settings children mm-hmm. who can't make it in school they have no foundational infrastructure at home mm-hmm. and they're seeking and looking for personal power in their lives they can right. get their hands on these guns and to them that's power right and and we're not going to talk about men and guns being a substitute for their penises. We're not going to talk about that. Right, but, right. Right, but I hear you on that. The, you, you, un, you, you see 
where I'm taking you. Right, right, it's right. It's all so integrated. And you're absolutely right. right. I'm sorry, I didn't get your first name. I'm Ron, correct, the guys in your chat. Oh, Ron. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron, one of the things that we have to do is we have some personal responsibility around this. Absolutely. If you don't want, if you don't want, if you do not think that people ought to have automatic armament, mm-hmm. then that is what I should be picking up the phone and calling John Kerry, Scott Brown, and mm-hmm. and my my full congressional delegation from Massachusetts and saying, you must do something about this. Right. And then they would say to yeah. you, uh, well, you'd be, be cutting my off my own money. Lobbyist. Yeah, you'd be cutting off my money. You yes. know, Smith and Wesson pays me too much money. My lobbyist. You pay more, you know, I'll help yeah. you. They pay more to help them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's a money game. And it, you it's, either you know, give it, it all up, or you 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 address this issue. Right. But um, Ron, you're right. I, you you've you've done a good job of of of. Um, Spokes in the wheel. There, there, there are many spokes in this wheel. Right. But the right. other thing that we have to do is we also have to tell the game manufacturers. To your point, mm-hmm. it's not enough to just rate it because it's right. grown men out there who can buy it and purchase it, like a John Holmes, who right. simply absorb the notion that this is the way you handle stuff. Right. And you don't have to be stone crazy. Right. You well, can like just the be a little bit delusional. Your life can right. be a, a little bit leaning to the, to, the, to the side. Right. And here we go. Well, it was like, you know, this day that he took a couple Xanax before he actually did the shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, come well, on. Well, hell, I, you know. I would have to take some Xanax and a couple of swigs of scotch to go into a theater and 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 shoot the, out the theater. I, I myself personally, I you know, and I'm a gun owner. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the problem. I would. Why in the world would I do something that insane? You well, know, the I thing mean, is that there has to be a system. See, this mm-hmm. is why I say it's all common sense. Mm-hmm. There should be a system. If you, Ron, go. To 18 gun stores in mm-hmm. Missouri, right? And you purchase a gun mm-hmm. uh, or automatic, and you purchase right. the ammunition to mm-hmm. match that gun, and you purchase other kinds of products related to that. See, this right. is where Homeland Security—they ain't found one damn person going through the through the sensors at the airport, but they're no. not even on this. There should be a system that says if your credit card, your bank account, or anything else right. purchases these kinds of weapons and ammunition, it gets mm-hmm. reported. Right. And, you know, well, the whole, like I everything mean, I have is mean, all it's, registered. It's, it's, but see, this is how what, what it, the greed and, and, and how capitalism works. I can't purchase mm-hmm. cigarettes online with my... American Express, Visa, MasterCard, Rubicard, or anything. Uh, right. <laughs> but I can go, I can get out of this chair, go to New Hampshire tonight. 
mm-hmm. and purchase an automatic weapon. Absolutely. And that, it, but the, you know, the, the thing, other thing about that, you know, you know, by being a registered gun owner and doing the right thing you know, with my weapons, of course, all my stuff's locked up in a safe. It can't no accessibility to it, and everything's got trigger locks. You know, it's all yeah. combination locks instead of a key lock. So but the only one you guys to open sense. it would be me. Well, you're not, right. you're not a cowboy. I, I live in the country, and I, well, no, I'm not. A, no, I'm a musician, but I mean, um, I mean, but but uh, the thing is that there are people out there who are cowboys. They have no notion of safety. A gun is just like a glass of right. beer. Right. But here, here's the problem, though. If they did have such gun control, which they, like they say they have now, you know, when you go through all the checks and everything, but even like the credit card thing you're speaking, that would be a great deal, too. But here's the problem. You have the what we call the criminal element that would steal the weapons. You know, and when I started looking at that picture a long time ago, that's when I made my stuff more secure. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to have a tow truck to take this out yeah. here. But but there's another there's another aspect to it too, and I think that that uh, this whole notion of guns that are stolen they're not guns Mm -hmm. that are stolen they're guns that are on the black market. Right. Well, like like the uh, the border officer got killed. You know Mm -hmm. when you know the Fast and Furious. You know, come on, what? Yeah. You know that was so. I mean, I couldn't believe that. You know, yep. you're, the, people are waking up. That's what's the best thing I love about everything going on yeah, in this time and right. age. People are waking up finally to yeah. take a look at the government and, you know, like voting. I I don't even vote. I don't, I just can't do it because the simple fact is it's like they're selected. It doesn't matter, you know. Uh, well, it does you know, matter, and, Ron. Well, yeah, I know it does, but it, but that deal with Bush in Florida, that's no, really kind no. of stumpy. Spe- speaking kind of, truth oh to God. Ron. Speaking truth right. to Ron, you're being irresponsible when you don't vote. Yeah, Speaking know, truth to Ron. Speaking yeah, truth to Ron. Mm-hmm. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Hey, Ron, I'm right. glad you gave us a call. I've got to hey. go to other callers, but All right. I hope you'll Thank stay you with us every uh, Saturday night. We'll good do to that. have you. Thank you, Janice. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. And you be good out there, and to all of you out there, tell no lies and claim no easy victories. You're listening to Our Common Ground at Our Common Ground, and our number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to join in this conversation. 405, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. I respect you. Well, 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 good afternoon. I mean, good evening, Janet. Good evening. First name. This is this is Doc Don. The Don. I didn't recognize the uh, the uh, number there. How are you? Good to have you. Yeah, I'm on my I'm on my my cell tonight. Oh, okay. I'm, I know yeah, that. I know that you're a gun owner too, and you live out in the country, and you have a reason. Absolutely. You know, I you know first of all. You know my background, okay? You know my background is military and a police officer, and so I'm well trained in in the use and uh, you know my knowledge of the weapons. Uh, mhm. I can handle it, you know. Mhm. And um. And you got a, and you got a qualified Don. You got to say, and I ain't a crazy Don from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I still have. Uh, some command over my faculties, you know. <laughs> but when I, you know, look at it, look at look at it this way. 
you know, when you look at it from the macro level, uh, this country is, has always been a violent country. It was born in revolution. And um, its history has uh, it, it has a violent past. Mm-hmm. As you know, as as demonstrated by the importation of uh, slaves uh, to this country, and the suppression and uh, the exploitation of uh, of slaves. I mean, you know, violence was used to keep slaves in order. Lynching, killing, slaves weren't considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so so mm-hmm. when you when you get down to it, and, and, uh, and the truth you know, be told, violence, the truth be told, violence. if the original peoples of America had had muskets, they would have whipped the um, uh, the new Americans' ass. If truth be told, yeah, but they didn't have guns. Yes, Dennis. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it would have been different if, when when the rabbit has the gun. It's always different. That's right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, when I contemplate, uh, you know, gun control and guns and violence, et cetera, and the things that we 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 witness here, uh, it boils down to the bottom line. Macro is is uh, is greed. Power, yep. power, yep. greed, domination, yep. exploitation. Right, is, right. Is that is the root of all mm-hmm. of it worldwide? And worldwide. if we, dri- if we drill yeah. way down, if we drill way down in gun control, how many off-duty police officers have murdered people with their issued their work? Department issued guns. Well, deep down, deep down, I don't think that it's 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 a departmental issued gun that's used to murder. When you when you look well, at the it, when you when, when you, look, you look at when you look at the kind of crimes that I'm talking about that police officers have been involved with, and when they are off duty, or even when they're on duty. Gun control laws, regulations are not even working in the police department. Otherwise, there'd be still some black boys that are still alive. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I agree with that. You know, that 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 is, uh, you know, uh, absolutely uh, correct. You know, mm-hmm. but and any and any time you have found, um, I mean, people, you know, Don. The bottom line is. The human condition, and when Definitely. people feel that their power is in their holster or in their pockets, uh, hidden in the alley, that that is where we have to drill down to. Yes, it's, it's the human condition. It's it's the um, and when you go down to it, you know you you have to deal with uh, spirituality also. That goes That's hand right. in hand with the That's human right. condition. Yeah, and, and for all I, of you who are listening, to Don's point, if you want to, uh, Alpha on the Alpha show last night on TruthWorks Network um, 
had a discussion with our new host, Dr. Matthew Johnson, uh, at TruthWorks about that very issue, the human spirit. Yes. And how we culture it. You can't separate that from this this conversation mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, like here I am in Oklahoma. And, you know, I for a time lived in the country to where the nearest law enforcement official was many miles away. Mm-hmm. And I live in a in a in a rural area that was really uh, you know uh, methamphetamine here in Oklahoma is uh, is pretty pretty big thing, especially back in uh, you know the last decade when crystal meth was uh, perfected, and a lot of it was uh, manufactured out in the rural area. So it was necessary for me, uh, being uh, for, with my background and living in the uh, environment there, rural environment, to have my own uh, protection and act as my own uh, sheriff, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. And people in the in rural areas um, and out outliers is what I call them, uh, they do have to have protection. And that's and I think that when we start looking at the development of tougher gun laws, that one of the things that common sense carries you to is that there are people who require um, uh, arms for their personal protection. I think we've got to change not only the gun laws, but laws like stand your ground in Florida. Yes, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, you, you, you know, we got a myriad of things that, uh, you know, that we're dealing with when you're talking about uh, gun laws and uh, firearms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. laws, period. Uh, you know, yep. and, and, and different, different reasonings and different applications of these laws. Uh, you know, and I, uh, for one, uh, like you said, I'm, you know, sane, and so I can uh, distinguish and really rationalize uh, right from wrong with respect to the use of uh, my firearm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the type of society that we live in today and with the uh, ever-increasing uh, demonization of especially black males and, and, and blacks, period, and people of color in this society that I see uh, and the uh, fear among the uh, Caucasian population in this country. Uh, the possession of, you know, like my neighbor next door, you know, he's he's armed to the teeth and loaded with bear, and, and, and uh, he's Caucasian gentleman. Uh, and his family and his people are loaded with firearms. He yeah, has a license yeah. to carry, and he, he carries his firearm everywhere he goes. Yeah. Well, what and you brought, so, what, what you what, what you brought, Don, is the idea that we need reasonable measures that protect citizens, 
and not deprive people of their fundamental rights. But this whole idea, we've got to do something about gun control. And I, I, I do agree with you. A police license is okay for hunting rifles or pistols for anyone with, without a criminal or a psychological record. But we cannot any longer just leave it at that. Uh, yes, I, I do agree that, uh, you know, we need uh, rational laws on, uh, you know, the control and the use of firearms. You know, we don't have fully uh, automatic rep, uh, weapons, although they can be converted quite easily. Uh, we have semi-automatic uh, firearms in, 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 in most of these states, and special permits to get special types of weaponry are required. I used to be a gun dealer at one time. But, uh, yes, we need to have, and a gun, a weapon is, is, is just that. It's, 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 yeah. it's meant to, to kill, kill, destroy, take life, whether it be animal or human. And a weapon should not be drawn unless it's for a stated reason to kill. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, that was our, our that was our, uh, instructions, and that's what we were taught in military and in uh, civilian police departments. You know, you don't draw it unless you intend to use it, and when you use it, it's, it's not wounding, it's using it to kill somebody, put them down, period. But see, that's a framework. That's a framework with someone who's grounded. But we've, we're dealing with uh, a whole society with a whole bunch of people who are grounded in nothing. Absolutely. And when you're grounded I, I, you know, in nothing, you know, it's like these these boys out on the street. They're grounded in nothing, and everybody wants a personal point of power. And if you cannot define, if you cannot identify, if you cannot not touch your personal point of power, then you'll find a substitute. Hey, Don, i got to go. I want to move on to the Zimmerman thing, but... You, you you frame this real well, and your experience allows you to have a perspective that's multidimensional about it. So you yes, stay Senator, safe. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I I always enjoy uh, participating in uh, blog talk with the family, talking, and uh, you take care until we talk again. Well, we I hope we talk often. You haven't been calling me enough. I'm I haven't been feeling the love from Oklahoma, Don. <laughs> <laughs> well, the love is there. The love is there. Okay, well, it's bye good bye. to have you uh and 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 ratchet it around. That was our friend Don, one of our big fans, and for those of you um please uh visit our Facebook page, visit our ourcommonground.com. Uh, our community forum, uh, send us some email and let us know how we're doing. We're going to move on to the issue of, and we want to welcome our newest host at um, TruthWorks Network, Dr. Matthew Johnson is in the house. He is in our chat room, and um, and he's saying that we are, uh He's not agreeing with us, so he'll 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 get it he'll he'll get the point through. You're listening to our common ground. I'm Janice Graham, and when we come back, we're going to move on to the issue of the new George Zimmerman um, 
show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. I want to know why I'm fine one minute and the next. My body aches so bad I can't move. I want to know why my hair is falling out. I'm only 17. I'm tired all the time. Now, this rash. I just want to know what's going on. When you don't have the right answers, it may be time to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Toward the solution and to be able to understand what challenges this gospel places before us, In the world in which we live, we need a thinking church. Soul of Fire, the radio program where spirit matters, with Dr. Matthew B. Johnson. The most powerful force on the earth is a soul of fire. We need a thinking church. We need a thinking church. Soul of Fire, live, calm, riveting, upbringing. Stoking the flames within Soul of Fire. With Dr. Matthew Johnson. Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Soul of Fire, Fire, where spirit matters. Truth Works Network. Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Where spirit matters. The most powerful force on earth, a soul of fire. Works Network, August 1st. Soul of Fire. With Dr. Matthew Johnson. Soul of Fire. Coming to Truth Works Network. August 1st, 10 p.m. And we hope you'll join Dr. Matthew Johnson at Soul of Fire on Wednesdays, coming and premiering on August 1st at TruthWorks Network. Uh, thank you all for being with us. Our number is 347-838-9852. And here on Open Mic Saturday night at our Common Ground, we got a dose of something that was weird, just really strange and weird. How does this happen? And have we started to ask ourselves, what is the face of justice in America? Is there anything you regret? Do you regret getting out of the car to follow Trayvon that night? No, sir. Do you regret that you... you had a gun that night? No, sir. Do you feel you wouldn't be here for this interview if you didn't have a gun? No, sir. Do you feel you would not be here? I feel that it was all God's plan, and for me to second-guess it or judge it. um, Is there anything you might do differently in retrospect now that time has passed a little bit? No, sir. That was George Zimmerman at the George Zimmerman Show in a special interview with Sean Hannity. Our number is 
838-9852. Where is justice for Trayvon Martin? And what is God's plan? Maybe God's plan is that you call 347-838-9852 and try to interpret what has happened in America this week. But before you do that, I want to I want you to hear some parts of Trayvon Martin's parents responding to George Zimmerman's interpretation of his murderous behavior as God's plan. George Zimmerman, the man charged with murdering 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, breaks his silence last night on the Hannity program, giving his side of the story. Joining me now with their reactions, Sabrina Fulton, the mother of Trayvon Martin, Tracy Martin, the father, and Benjamin Crump, the attorney for Trayvon's parents. Good morning to all three of you, and I want to extend my sincere condolences to you. I haven't had a chance to speak with you about the loss of your son. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I'm sure that you watched the interview in its entirety, and so you saw that there was an apology moment from George Zimmerman to you and to others. I want you to have a chance to listen to that and then respond. I would tell them that again, I'm sorry. Um, I don't have, my wife and I don't have any children. I have nephews that I love more than life. I love them more than myself. And I know when they were born, it was a different, unique bond and love that I have with them. And I love my children even though they aren't born yet. And I am sorry that they buried their child. I can't imagine what it must feel like. And I pray for them daily. Sabrina and Tracy, after hearing that apology directed to you, what is your response back to George Zimmerman? Um, I personally don't feel like it's sincere. Um, I just feel like he's just saying anything that he wants to, and it's not sincere. It's not coming from his heart. I th- uh, again, I, I don't feel that it was sincere either. Um, George Zimmerman had ample enough time to, to apologize to us for taking the life of our son before the first arrest uh, and to come and try to publicly apologize now. Um, he's just trying to save face. I want you to listen to another thing that he said because he was asked by Sean Hannity whether or not he had any regrets with the way in which the night played out back in February. Here was his response. Is there anything you regret? Do you regret getting out of the car to follow Trayvon that night? No, sir. Do you regret that you you had a gun that night? No, sir. Do you feel you wouldn't be here for this interview if you didn't have that gun? No, sir. Do you feel you would not be here? I feel that it was all God's plan, and for me to second-guess it or judge it. um, Is there anything you might do differently in retrospect now that time has passed a little bit? No, sir. So, Sabrina and Tracy, when you heard that it was part of God's plan in George Zimmerman's mind, what did you think? Um... I didn't. I don't understand what he was thinking by saying that it was God's plan that he murdered uh, our child. Um, 
And I really don't understand what God he worships because it's not the same God that I worship. Sabrina? And why would God have him to kill an, an unarmed uh, teenager? I mean, it just makes no sense. So, What okay. plan is it by, I mean, that's just, that's, that's heartless to say that that was God's plan that he took our child's life. Of course, George Zimmerman's claim is that he acted in self-defense. I want to take you to the moment of the interview where he describes what he says happened that night. He started bashing my head into the uh, concrete sidewalk. Um, I was, as soon as he broke my nose, I was, I started yelling for help. How many times would you estimate that he punched you? <laughs> Several, um, more than a dozen. Mr. Crump, you are the attorney for Trayvon Martin's parents. As a lawyer, does that sound like self-defense? Gretchen, we have all this evidence. The state attorney is going to see this interview as a gift when they go to cross-examine Jared Zimmerman. And that is his version. Trayvon isn't here to tell his version what happened. And certainly everybody in America will concede that Jared Zimmerman's credibility is at issue. In what way? Well, you have all the things that he said to the court, and he has so many inconsistencies that he's told Gretchen. We don't have enough time in your show to go through all the inconsistencies, mm -hmm. but we need only look at the court's order to talk about George Zimmerman's credibility mm -hmm. and the things he said in court during the bond hearing. What it is credibility because it's his version, the only person that's saying Trayvon attacked him. There's no other objective evidence saying that. And we, you look at objective evidence versus subjective evidence, and when you add them up, the subjective George Zimmerman versions are not consistent with the objective evidence. Mm -hmm. One of the things you may be pointing to was whether or not Trayvon Martin was running, walking, skipping, I want you to hear another part of the interview where George Zimmerman explains what he saw. You said to on the on the 911 call that he's running. You said that to the dispatch. Maybe I said running, but he was more. You said he's running. Yes, uh, it was like skipping, going away quickly, mm -hmm. um, but he wasn't running out of fear. You could tell the difference. He wasn't running. He wasn't, so he wasn't actually running? No, sir. Okay, but that's what you said to the dispatcher, you thought he was running. Is that what you're talking about, Mr. Crumb? Yes, ma'am, and that is so crucial because we hear the 911 conversation he has with the operator. And you remember, Gretchen, an hour after he shot Trayvon Martin in the heart, he gave a written statement. And he said in that written statement, he got out of the car to check street signs. Well, we know from listening to that 911 tape that he said, oh, and he said an explicit word and said he's getting away. And that's when we hear the wind whistling and we hear the pursuit. And so just listen with your own ears. Uh, we have a thing called Ray Ipsilocula in the law, which is Latin for the thing speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Just listen with your own ears. Okay. Uh, George Zimmerman also in that interview said that he said the word punk. Uh, he had been accused of saying something else that may have been um, thought of as racial. Before I go, though, I want to get Sabrina and Tracy's thoughts on this. Because he extended the apology to you, and we got your comments on that earlier, would you ever find it in your heart 
to forgive this man? My son just was murdered a couple of months ago, so it's not something that I can really stomach right now. I mean, maybe in a few years, uh, I, I don't know, but it's just really difficult right now to actually face and sit in the same room as somebody that murdered my son. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's, I think it's too much to ask of us to to forgive the uh, guy that don't even regret taking our son's life. Um, so. Just to ask us to forgive George Zimmerman, it's, it's, it's too much. Mm -hmm. Sabrina Fulton, Tracy Martin, Benjamin Crump, thanks so much for your time today and the response to the George Zimmerman interview. Thank, Thank you. you. Unbelievable that this network, would even first, you know, I mean, all of you know me, I'll pick up the phone and call the White House if I think it will be helpful in our mission here at Our Common Ground. But do you think for a moment that I would pick up the phone to ask for an interview of these two people who just lost their son in the most brutal way that you can lose a person? And then let's talk about Hannity. Hannity has been involved with George Zimmerman since George since the crime occurred. And we have to ask what is his role in this? Now, whether you agree with me or not, this whole new George Zimmerman show that I've been calling it is really about fundraising. It is about an audacious face in the American public that this attorney, that this murderer, lion murderer, would be have the audacious gall to appear on TV and distort but you know what? These lies have been sold. These lies have been sold. All you have to do is you can compare how much money the Trayvon Martin Foundation has received in public donations versus how much money George Zimmerman has been able to raise not for his defense, but for his life. You see where he tried to hold Barbara, uh, uh, Barbara Walters uh, hostage, and she said she wasn't having any of it. Let's hear your your take on all of this, 347-838-9852, because it is true that the George Zimmerman show is on. And my question is, where is the Trayvon Martin uh, show? It certainly isn't with two parents who obviously don't have didn't didn't start off at this incident before their son was murdered having a real understanding of how white supremacy works in this society our number is 347-838-9852 and you're listening to our common ground now we don't mean to and we certainly want to uh from um to extend um, our 
Ramadan greetings to our brothers and sisters in Islam who are in celebration and in spirit of Ramadan. We don't want to uh, house, we don't want to disturb your your peace that is required during this time. But most of it is about fact. And the fact is that after all the wearing the hoodies and declaring I am Trayvon Martin, as a community and as part of our community leadership, we are still yet not saving ourselves. Because you know, Alpha, that we were all saying, never again, not one more black boy. But guess what? There have been 27 since the murder of Trayvon Martin. And how many of the stories that you see on Facebook and Think Progress and Crooks and Liars and all the strange places where I read the news, have we seen stories of police brutality against young black boys? And then Alpha and House, good upstanding citizens in the city of Chicago, how many murders have there been in Chicago? Because you can't unlink, you cannot dismiss the relationship between the murder of Trayvon Martin and how this media is handling George Zimmerman as though he is a celebrity. And in fact, in his part of the woods, you know, one of the things that that that, that really struck my ear in this interview was his denial of his ethnicity. This man for the for his entire life has claimed that he is white. But he has figured out that it's not real beneficial for him to be white right now. So he's claiming his Hispanic heritage. He's claiming his ethnicity. I mean, I heard him say that he grew up he didn't he didn't tell a lie that he grew up speaking spanish I, I, he was all, he was on the border of saying that but he didn't go that far but he said that he grew up in a household where spanish was spoken by his grandmother he didn't even say his his mother spoke uh, uh, and and then he tried to say that spanish was a second language that's what he said So you know one of the things that we have to get hold of and I say it over and over and over on this show we got short memories we have very little perseverance about issues because at the end of the day we have not summarized what an event means in the larger context of our lives. 
Our number is 347-838-9852. And if you'd like to join us, and I really would like to hear people's take on both the Zimmerman lies on how the media is handling this and how our community is handling this. We have moved on. We've moved on. Have you forgotten, all of you who came to our common ground to hear Marissa Alexander tell her story? Marissa Alexander is still in prison. And the other question is, who are these lawyers and and how do they kind of like sit on the border of ethical behavior when they have a client? I mean, they're they're really, Don, you know, they're really on the edge. They're just right on the border of ethical misconduct in handling this particular client. Our number is 347-838-9852. And while I'm waiting for your calls, uh, I, I do want to say that I hope that you will continue and we appreciate and are grateful for your listenership and that you can help us in our efforts and our campaign to grow our our, our audience. And you can do that by tweeting about us. You can do that about emailing your friends. When we send you newsletters, you can sign up and like us on our Facebook. And TruthWorks Network hosts each one of them, the Alpha Show, Souls of Fire, Into the Lion's Den, Global Village Voices, Power Views. All of those shows have their own Facebook page. You know, and while you're tinkering around, tinkering around, you know how you tinker around Steins on uh, Facebook? Just stop by and um, shout out at us. Just hit the like button. I hate them damn like buttons, but it's a like button. I mean, if you want to talk to me about something, you send me something and you want to talk about it, talk about it. Don't like about it. Talk about it. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Uh, we've blown... Um, a bit of our break, but we know how to do that. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to move on to talk about this post-racial stuff. What is that all about? Our number, 347-838-9852, and I'll be right on it when you come up on our board. This is Dr. Matthew B. Johnson, the soul of fire, the spirit matter, the most powerful force on earth, a soul of fire. Soul of fire, the radio program where spirit matters, with Dr. Matthew B. Johnson. The most powerful force on the earth is a soul of fire. Coming to TruthWorks Network, August 1st, 10 p.m. Soul of fire. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. 
And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, we had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. You're tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you, speaking truth to power and ourselves. 20 years, broadcasting black, bold, and brilliant. Thank you for being with us. Hey, Daddy, what that day? Why that under there? And oh daddy, oh hey daddy, hey look it over there. Hey what they doing there? And where they going there? And daddy, can I have that big elephant over there? Ha <laughs> can I have that? My friend Oscar Brown Jr. Uh, if you don't know Oscar Brown Jr., you there's something you better know. Uh, you can join us in our chat room at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG um, and join in with our um, chatters. We've got Steins in the house, um, house music lover, the Don. Uh, Dr. Matthew Johnson has joined us as well as Alpho. And... Um, you, for those of you who do not know, you can always come to um, Blog Talk Radio to catch our on-demand archives. Every every show that we've ever done here at Blog Talk Radio is um, on demand. How many of you, you know, how many of you really give some thought to who you are as black people? Um, um, you know, we, we've been running around for a couple of years now. I don't know if it's because it's the um, post, it's the uh, era of Obama or what it has to do with. But we've been running around saying that, well, we don't need a leader. We don't need a black leader. Well, maybe that is what's going on here. That we need, I mean, every every organization that is successful has leadership. Now, some of those people who y'all elected and put into Congress may not be real leadership. So, how many of you really put some thought to the nature of leadership, as opposed to worrying about what the the Black Congressional uh, um, Caucus is doing because they are imitators. Real leadership is innovative and it's original and it's unique. And I think that one of the reasons that we give into the lack of leadership, we give into poor leadership 
I mean, like, you know, John Lewis. I, I hate to be talking about people. I love John Lewis to death. John Lewis is part of my history. But John Lewis is just, you know, vanilla flavor leadership. He's not innovating anything. I don't see any innovation in terms of how we begin to transform, retool, renew, um, undo. I mean, they're already taking your voter rights away from you wherever you can, even in Massachusetts, where I have never had to use voter uh, some kind of form of ID to go vote. I, they just ask me my name, they look on the list, and they check me off and give me my ballot and send me on my way. But in this post-racial craziness you all got going, you all got some crazy stuff going. We are as impotent as an 85-year-old man with diabetes, and I don't, I don't, I do know some eighty-five-year-old men, but you know, I, we have come to a place where we seek solace rather than the battle. Indeed, you know what I'm talking about. We're seeking, you know. I've got my my, my sister wife uh, Michelle in the house. And she understands that we need both love and leadership. We just can't afford to have one or the other. This is our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves our number is 347-838-9852. And what I'm asking you is how much do you really understand about your blackness and how it works in your life and what obligations and responsibilities you have to your blackness. We're going to go to the phones. 111, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Hi, Janice, and yes, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Miss India uh, Declare. Yes, uh, yes, thank you so much for such great programming this evening. Uh, and we so we so look forward to uh, to your new lineup of Solar Fire. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, but your, your 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 issue this evening is is is, is so on point. Um, I don't know what the solutions are, but I I, I, I certainly do know that we uh, have issues. And I I was one of those who um, used to think that, you know, I I really didn't need a leader. You know, I I kind of bought into that. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess in in some regard, I don't. But in other regards, there is, as I posted in your chat room, I I really have come to the conclusion that not only do we need leaders, but we need aggressive leaders, uh, symbolic, um, um, uh, and uh, a symbolic from and and, and coming uh, out of uh, the very communities that are so greatly impacted. You're so right. I agree. You're right. I think Congressman uh, Lewis is legendary. 
and I, I, I will always look at him as such. But I do think, and I don't mean, to, I don't mean to d- diminish who he is as an icon. No, oh, absolutely not. No, yeah. and I don't think he did. So I mean, I don't think he did and at all. I think your point is extremely legitimate. And even though, you know, we don't want to say anything or slight anyone, and and that's why I totally agree with your point and the context and intention of it that that it is not in any way to devalue or you know or dismiss or diminish but it but mm-hmm. it is a legitimate dialogue and conversation that we do uh, in my opinion not only need leadership but aggressive leadership and I, I I come from having been on the other side of this you know with the mindset of heck I don't need a lead you know I mean, what I need a lead for? I mean yeah. we need we like need a, a voice we need yeah, a voice. We, yeah, we need, yeah, we need yeah, a, a, a clear, clear concise team of exactly. voices. And a voice that does not capitulate in the face of challenge. I love your point, what you said, that we seek solace. And goodness knows I am running to my candle every chance I get to, you know, to meditate. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you are exactly right where that there is a balance with that energy and 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 then we also, along with seeking solace, and God knows we need it, but we also have to come out of that and address some very uncomfortable, brutal realities that we face today, and that requires, you know, boots. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. You know, I was having so, a, a conversation with with Dr. Johnson this afternoon, and he and I were talking about the difference between an explanation, and an excuse. There are things that are happening in our community where there is an explanation for it, but there is no excuse. Correct. And it has to do with with every aspect. I mean, India, you know, and, and for those of you who are listening, this is India Declare of I Declare, and she broadcasts Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, Eastern Time, Uh, many times I'm listening to your show and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world do we hear in looking in the eyes of our children? Did you hear what I said? What do we hear in looking in their eyes? Yes. And in our generation, and I grew up in Jim Crow, and by the time I was in the eighth grade, an aspiration was to be great because it was expected. Yeah. To whatever, I mean, uh, m- my mother used to say all the time, I don't care if you are going to be a janitor, be the best janitor that you possibly can because it is connected to who you are. So if we are citizens in our community, what kind of citizens are we? And I think that is one of, if not the core question, uh, that that's the self-work, the personal inventory that we have to do, each and every one of us, individually, in order to have the power collectively. We have to answer the, these questions that you are provoking uh, us with uh, this evening. Um, uh, uh, we have to be able to 
uh, be cool with ourselves alone and know who we are in our depths alone in order to collectively yeah. work with others to address these these very issues. We've got a lot of personal inventory to do while simultaneously getting out of that and working collectively. But the leader issue right. really needs to be addressed because uh, uh, Representative Lewis and his colleagues, they have earned the right to solace if they so right. choose. And right. it is now time for, mm-hmm. you know, people of my generation to stand up and put our luxury handbags in the closet mm-hmm. and do what we have to do in yeah. uh, uh, we, in the name of our citizenry we, and, we uh, and our be, uh, occupation here in this country. We have to be willing to measure a man and a woman by who they are, not by who they mirror. You know, one of the things every conference I go to, I talk about the notion of all these dead people. Well, it's good to hear the voices of people like John Henry Henry Clark and Frederick Douglass and Malcolm X, Asata. It's good to hear those voices, but we have to hear the voices of new inspiration, new aspiration that is contemporary to the condition of black people today as we try to operate in a system of white supremacy that has been given permission. Absolutely. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, and as I believe as the dean posted uh, in, in, in the chat room, um uh, uh that 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 uh, that muscle of white supremacy uh, uh, uh when threatened uh, goes into extreme steroidal aggressive right. mode and i believe right. that is what we're witnessing now right. and in order to conquer that if we are to conquer it in my opinion i don't know we don't have much choice we're going to have to butch up and do what we need to do and that means being engaged as we as we say continuously engaged in 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 in, in the yep. policy coming from these cats that impact our lives on a minute as well yep. as a large uh, criteria. These cats are sitting in your living rooms, your bedrooms. You know, I was researching this gun violence stuff, uh, Ms. Janice, and it's fascinating. There are laws, uh, there are gag orders in place to keep uh, medical personnel from talking to. Uh, us, the people of the country, about gun violence. There are gag orders in place uh, 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 to keep this, 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 to keep dialogue from happening by people who deal with the uh, horror from these gun laws. It's like um, uh, that stuff is not reported on the entertainment shows, and and and, and it might not be in a music video, but that's the kind of stuff that impacts our lives. I mean, I can't imagine it's the same cats that you know that yell small government actually have implemented a gag order on doctors so that doctors cannot talk to us about right. the results of gun violence. So, you know, yep. we gotta we got we gotta we got we gotta connect to this stuff in terms of policy and how this crap is impacting our lives on a daily, hourly, minute by minute basis. Because we're dying Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. at the at the at the at the smoking barrel uh of of, of, of policy. That's right. India, I love thank your you work, so much for your and I'm call. listening, baby. Okay, thank you. I'm back in the chat room. And, and, and you know I hang with you every day, Monday through Friday, Girl, 11 and 1. I know. I know. Real I know raw you, and, and I love right you. Now. Right now. Right now, baby. Thank you, Miss Janice. Thank you.
I would stand amidst the fists on the battlefield among an army of red and an army of blue, and I stand tall and true as I ask you, what are you fighting for? This four foot by four foot concrete block you're arguing for and bartering for is merely a prison without bars that still manages to arrest you by confining your mind, and you allow this corner to define you, and now you're redefining yourself by calling yourself a street corner entrepreneur. And I ask you, what are you fighting for? You see, now you're standing on corners I used to call my own corners I once considered a safe zone. And now, I'm too afraid to let my mother walk to the store alone. Because these streets, they're covered with cowardly fake gangsters. And I'm angered at the nonsense. That rag on your head is somehow keeping knowledge from seeping into your brain. Don't you see that you're dying for nothing rather than living for something? You're self-destructing and just fucking your own self over. And I ask you, what are you fighting for? You're waging wars over something that never was and never will be yours because owning the streets is just a fictitious concept that gets misused by hip-hop dudes trying to pass themselves off as reincarnated gangsters. So, contrary to popular belief, no matter how deep your gang is or how much money you'll think you'll make from crack rocks, the only concrete blocks you'll ever own are the ones that come with steel bars or the ones we call tombstones. So I guess the only... So I guess the only decision left for you to choose is whether the fabric in your casket should be red or blue. And I ask you, what are you dying for? And I think it's an appropriate question. It is not just about our claiming of our children claiming street corners as their point of reference and power. It is about what we claim. What are you fighting for? Are you fighting for better education for your children? Are you fighting for more socioeconomic relief for poor people? What are you fighting for? I'm Janice Graham, and I thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. We're here every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Please join us as we bring Speak Truth to Power understanding the truth has to be spoken more than once. Join our TruthWorks uh, network. Join our common ground. Help us to grow because we have to have talk that matters. Because when we are talking nonsense, when we are being misguided and having dialogue which is uninformed and confusing, We are not helping ourselves, nor are we helping the transition of our children from one place in our history to the next place. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next Saturday at Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. Open mic Saturday night. We hope you'll join us next week at Our Common Ground. Let us hear from you. Join us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Janice OCG. OCG info at Our Common Ground. Let us know what you think. Send your thoughts and recommendations about this programming. And let your friends know that we're here at Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you.